I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I had no idea dads were important until I was about 28 years old. It didn't, it didn't kick in like the importance. Yeah, and there's this whole term now of, oh, daddy issues. Hello friends, one and all, welcome to the Manzilla podcast. We are glad to be back again. It's myself and Lou in the studio today. Jack's not here, sadly, he's ill. It's fine, we, we're actually kind of glad that he's not here. Aren't we? <laughs> Secretly, nah. I'm joking, Jack. I miss Jack, he's a top, top man. He's very sick in bed at the moment, Yeah. but we hope he gets better soon. But we've got an amazing guest today. We it, do. It is Marvin Harrison from Hello. Dope Black Dads. Thank you so much for having Thank me. Thank you, Marvin, for coming on. I got a clap as well. I oh, absolutely, yeah. man. I feel absolutely. beautiful. Thank yeah. you. And Marvin and I are both Arsenal fans. Lou is a Chelsea fan. Yeah. Oh. Two to one. <laughs> oh my gosh, I feel so, so uh, like an outcast. <laughs> I tell you what, I am very confident about this season, Marvin. Um, I don't know how you feel about it, but he just had a cry about we... it, didn't you, Marvin? <laughs> no, nope. I shared my historic pain, and uh, now you're using that and weaponizing it against me. <laughs> Typical Chelsea fan. <laughs> I tell you what, I think that we are going to do well this year because mm. we have strengthened in the right areas. You've stolen one of our uh, one of our main guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we have David Luiz, mm. who is a centre back with a bit of a rash streak, but it's what we need, I think. What but where's reckon? his heart, Gav? His heart isn't with you yet. PSG. Trust me, he'll be <laughs> Brazil. <laughs> Brazil. Anywhere apart from the other place. <laughs> no, wow, I'm there's a... like a real divide here, by the way. I'm there like is. sitting at the end of the table. It's like football apartheid. Oh my God, I'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting daggers. Well, to be fair, you're commanding the room with your position. I am. So... I really like this. Uh, I am listeners, by the way, always at the head of the table. You are. Even though this is Gavin's the presenter and the boss, essentially. No, 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 no. We're all bosses on this show. That's Marvin, true. I'm so glad you're on because Thank I really you. admire the work you do with Dope Black Dads. Um, I think it's an amazing movement. I think you've done some sensational work with mm. representing a an audience that um, has had a voice that's not been heard for so long. Yeah. How did you start the movement? How did you get going with it? Uh, the movement started on Father's Day 2018. We, uh, well, I <laughs> was, at, <laughs> was at home wallowing in father shame uh, and wanting to celebrate my fatherhood even further. And so I just wanted to add everybody because um, like, it's quite a, an emotive thing to become a father, but it takes about 18 months to kick in. So it kicked in after 18 months and I was like, I am actually a father. This is great. And now I feel like there's a lot of pressure. There's things I want to do. There's things I want to pass on. Uh, and so I got all my friends together um, and we were like, I, w- I just said to them, thank you for being someone that I can connect with and think about and use as a measuring stick for being a father. 
And then everybody, no one left the group. And that's a mark of a good group because most groups people leave after yeah. about 10 minutes. They look at it and think, nah, I don't like seven of those people, I'm out. But <laughs> every, everybody <laughs> stuck around. So, uh, and then they started asking questions, um, very basic stuff, just like, what are you doing with your schooling? Some people were homeschooling. Uh, what are you doing? How, like, I think a lot of it comes in how you relationship, how you manage your relationship. Everyone wants to maintain their happy joy joy at home. Uh, and so that's one of the biggest challenges when you become a father. So we, we kind of connected on that and then um, it grew into a podcast and then grew into a social movement, which is now in like everywhere. So UK, US, South Africa, they all have groups now um, and wow. they're growing them as well. So it's been amazing. We also have Dope Black Women and Dope Black Mums, which my, my wife looks after. Um, and so, yeah, we just have about a thousand people in groups all sharing and feeling safe and warm and fuzzy about parenting and life so it's really man good. amazing absolutely phenomenal and, and you this... have two kids yourself as well i do i have one and, and one and uh, almost four uh, is my second one so boy oh that's the that's the best age i feel like pre preschool they yeah. can speak he can write now yeah he knows his name he, like he's he's there he's in the room so oh, I, yeah. I feel like my job is done i'm, I'm off it's I'm the done. age where i'm that's when I started to bond with my nieces. Oh yeah, when they were because they're like useful at that point. They can like bring, they can bring you stuff. Can <laughs> <Yeah>. you <laughs> pass the remote, please? I did. <laughs> yeah. I did exactly the same thing. I'm like, Mike, can you pass my phone? It's all the way upstairs. Yeah. And they think <laughs> it's fun. She's like, okay. They love it. They're like, yeah, I'll help you. I'm like, I oh, know. I love it. <laughs> Do that as much as you can for as long as possible. I'm milking it until yeah. they start telling me no. <laughs> so, <laughs> they might be quite soon. Are they yeah. Arsenal fans yet? I have, um, because I'm a modern parent, I do no not instill depression onto my children. So I have decided to allow him to find his own path in football. Yeah, basically. And we, we will compete on, on the grounds that he will support whoever he likes. Currently, he's wearing Manchester City kits. I was about to say, shepherd him towards Manchester City. Yeah, because it's nice to be successful. I think it's good to have that in your Ooh. DNA growing up. Oh, I know, well, I know. You were just saying outside that um, Arsenal's a very emotional fans, weren't you? It is. And um, It's character building. No. Um, it really is, isn't it? I'm really proud to have you on, Marvin, because this show is all about sort of stereotypes around um, parenting and, you know, the kind of issues that guys face, uh, particularly black minority ethnic guys, yeah. um, around being a dad yeah. and what that means and what, what the kind of connotations are, what people's perceptions are when they see yeah. um, fathers in, yeah, in yeah. different ways. I, th I think there's a true divide. And I think sometimes when we speak about the experiences of black fathers, we can almost speak historically and but, but apply it to the present day. And so there is an old narrative that was around uh, from the 50s to the 80s, which is about absenteeism, uh, which is about misogyny, which has um, elements, which all of these things were prevalent in society anyway. So this is not new. This is not specific to blackness. I think it was just amplified in terms of this is what the black experience is. And because there's so few of us, there isn't enough people to then re-communicate what we actually are about. Mm -hmm. um, and so we just found how we were being perceived was... Uh, happening to us rather than we were like fueling it so I think that's the one good thing about getting together and making it very specifically about black fathers because we, we can say this is what our actual experiences are and I would say probably 80% of it is the same but that 20% is very very loud mm. it's very loud to say you know us as a collective we can sit here and talk about the most racist things that happened to you this week for an hour and a half. And yeah. that can be a topic every time I meet my friends. So, really? Yeah, I think since Brexit especially, but even before, just microaggressions, but also just direct. The other day, someone called me the N-word and yelled at me. Where? Um, On the street? In Shoreditch. It's, uh, oh, my God. You know, what did you do driver. at that point? Seriously. Nothing, I laughed. 
I found I found I found it funny because he was Italian and we just voted to not have this conversation. So could we just please? <laughs> like, can we be can we be kind? It's like at least Britain still wanted me here. Um, so no, no, I'm, I'm joking. I mean, hella, I've been very facetious, but no. but no, but it's it, it was it's quite a strange thing because at first I was I was angry and my instinct is to combat that person. Then my my instinct was is that maybe he's really hurting and I think I think I triggered something in him with my presence and he felt he he probably is feeling something also but not every time I need to care about other people's feelings but also just understanding it's not. I think that's yeah. very understanding of you. See, I'm very hot headed mm. when it comes to things like that and I probably would have ran after him. Mm. Yeah, that's and and, and it, it did that, get uh, close to that. Gavin's like, yeah, I know you I would, Lou. Yeah. yeah, no, but yeah, I would as well. I would have. The thing is, at this point, I had to, I just have too much to lose. Like, yeah. you know, I I think in theory, when I was a lot younger in school, that would be the first thing, and it would be it would be on. But I think now I I look at my children and I think yeah, exactly. you need me more than I need to. Um, you need to set an example too, and as we get an yeah. older, we're becoming more. But know. also, it just doesn't help actually, and it actually amplifies their point. So it's like um, appreciating yeah. the sensitivities around race is a very delicate thing. Like, what do you do to amplify versus um, defend yourself, and what that that line is. But also, it's just like I don't feel that in my heart. I don't feel angry about race. I'm mm. I'm very clear as to where we are with it, and I think I'm I'm looking for more actionable things to sort of change um, where we are with it. Yeah, than the world is in a different place now as well so you know we are at a point now where with me as well you know i get a lot of asian remarks and stuff as well now at uh, school it used to really bother me and i would cry and i would because you know i was mm. the only only asian actually i think mm. in my school and mm. yeah it was really difficult and i used to think oh my god why do i have to be like this why am i not Don't white like everybody yeah. yeah but as you get older i'm like oh my god i'm so happy i'm the only asian girl in the room yeah <laughs> yeah you I know a, you I have, have to a really question. Mm. so because we actually have the bane representation in this we, room we do we, we've somehow managed to make this happen yes we do well we do. to be honest this is my big thing with this podcast it's mm. all about diversity about representation it's yeah. about having a voice yeah it's about talking about issues that matter not just from a race point of view but from a from an audience point of view and yeah. this is why uh this is what i'm putting down in the checklist to the marketers and to the brands <laughs> <laughs> but um check it's no like, but yeah. true no i mean my, my background's from mauritius mm -hmm. um so i um i've i've been party to kind of various stereotypes growing up yeah. um and it is i still feel it around now i still yeah. think that there is a there are several issues around what um people think i should be like and act like the amount of people that think i'm massively into cricket is ridiculous yeah, yeah. i can't even hold a bat <laughs> yeah, yeah i literally can't so even do you hold consider a bat. yourself pan-african that's well uh, funny i'm sorry <laughs> yeah <laughs> Because she knows your truth, that's why she's laughing. <laughs> exactly. but actually, he's just a poor Arsenal soul. I feel extremely connected to the white working class, mm. but at the same time, I'm very aware of of the struggles of being, um, you know, negatively stereotyped. Yeah, and that is something that I feel is is you know, with this podcast, with your podcast particularly, I yeah. think it's something that can really shine a light on what I think is a, a, an important issue to tackle. Yeah. And we can find your podcast on Apple, and we can find it on all the Spotify, platforms. Spotify, Google, everywhere. And Manzilla, you can find the same thing as well on all the platforms. Sorry, <laughs> I had to get it in I forgot to get the plug in. It's, uh, you can make sure you subscribe as well. You should have done um, that at the beginning. Well, bro. I'm doing it now. I thought you should do that now. at the end. Then you wrap with where you can find it. I'm going to do it at yeah, the end as well. This is what happens <laughs> when things aren't scripted. You just yeah. forget to say shit. Well, to be honest, it was just so good, the chat to begin with about Arsenal and about how Marvin got started, that I thought, now. Now is the time to plug it. So can I can I just ask in terms mm. of this BAME conversation? Because mm -hmm. collectively we do not have the same experience. We have no, different we things. Totally. Yes, totally. Oh my god! If I tell you the things people used to say to me at school, I would love to know what <gasps> oh a, an gosh. East Asian pain is. I don't, I don't I don't know what the pain is, and I I because I don't experience it, I feel like I 
limit the amount of pain you probably have because many also of the stereotypes can also uh, have worked in the advantage. So it's like, you're very intelligent, you love math. And it's like, I'm gonna- I do love math. Yeah, but I find it really hard to <laughs> sit and cry in a corner because people assume that I like math and I'm intelligent. I don't know how that feels versus like, this guy's gonna yeah. rape me and he's probably quite violent. Um, Just as an example, if we're talking just aesthetically, so mm. I actually, <laughs> actually had to repost this last night there's a an account i follow on instagram called asian sayings wow. and there was a, a post that said uh i hate it when people say to me like oh you don't look asian what am i supposed to look like and then the person says fried rice wow <laughs> i thought that was well funny though that was that's deep, i'm allowed though. to laugh at that because i'm chinese i can laugh at it too but i'm just but I, I if like, you said wow. that to me when yeah. i was like eight years old i would have cried because yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what i had i had you know i grew up in a very white area in essex and mm. It was very, you know, like I'm at the time it was kind of even the things I eat at home. So mm. my dad used to cook dinner for me every single night. Yeah. Um, he was always the he's always been the one that took care of the family. You know, he cooked for us. He went to work. He Amazing. made sure that we had a very traditional Chinese upbringing. Mm. So Chinese families generally are all about tradition, about mm. eating together is very important and eating at home and not eating out and not getting takeaways and stuff. So. You know, even the things I eat and then like obviously the next day I'd like take leftovers into school and everyone's having their like white ham sandwiches and yeah, shit. Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, yo, with my noodles and my chopsticks. <laughs> 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 yours yours like, is more delicious though. <laughs> yeah, but I'm like, all right, well. And then and then it really affected me. And then I said to my mom, like, mommy, can you like start buying me sandwiches? I oh know, my God, that really- good for you. I just got really upset thinking about that. Yeah. Oh. But now the world is eating ramen and, yeah. and dim sum and dumplings, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, but that's what I'm saying. Like the world is different now. Yeah. When I was a kid, there was no, you know, there wasn't social media or people who could inspire you or make you feel like this is actually, you're in yeah. an okay place. So, uh, Marvin, I wanted to talk to you a bit about some of your shows, your podcast shows. I think yes. so you've done a lot of them, and they're they're all um, very, very um, grabby and very interesting for the the subjects that you tackle. Yeah. So, some of the ones I've spotted and have seen. Can you have a female best friend? I think Ooh. that's from the mum's point of view. Is that's it? our the mo- second most viewed podcast. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The people... female best friend. Yeah. Can you have one? So oh my the... god! You know all the girls on there like I'm going to listen to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then Can... they're going to go back to their boyfriends and be like, "See, I told you, yeah. you shouldn't have female best friends." <laughs> should, should we stop? <laughs> Calling people racist is another one. I yeah, think that, that was a reference to Boris Johnson and yeah, what some of the comments he'd yeah. made in the past. Um, what makes a dope white dad, yeah, which I think is really, one. really fascinating. Is Frank Lampard's appointment at Chelsea white <gasps> privilege? Yeah, that was um, a big, that was, that was a four day debate in our group. Is that right? And I think that we have more interesting things to talk about, but that was like, yeah. that was a real one. Yeah, yeah. But I think people thought he was because they didn't think if Didier Drogba would get the same opportunity. And that yeah. was what it came down to, is like, would he? Yeah. And then it was like, we can't actually tell. And I also think Lampard is an institutionalized football professional. So sure. he's like, as you said, he, mm. he grew up in a football family. Of he course. knows football yeah. innately. Yeah. And so, and he done very well at Derby. So. I think he's, I, th- I was very happy yeah. to hear that. It's a good he chat, I think. Yeah, and you can't sign players for two windows. So it's the kind of, the, what yeah. would you do? Some of the other ones you've got as well that I just thought were really, that really stood out. Dad's I'm Broke Help, which that was... was powerful. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yes. um, and then two other mum's versions ones, Sex After Having a Baby. Wow. And Should You Sleep With Her? As in like, from a mum's point yeah, of view, resp- if, they, if there's they, a mum, should you should you sleep with the mum? Well, basically? yeah, right? they, they they responded to our podcast like, "Can you have a female friend?" And then they were basically saying, "Are you sure you don't want to sleep with her?" And it was their answer to us saying, "You know, she's my friend." 
and them saying like, but are you sure you want to sleep with her? Because men collect relationships on a very different I mean, basis yeah. to women. It's all and very so circumstantial as well. It depends how long you've known the, the female or, you know, what the foundations of the friendship mm, is. I yeah. don't, I the, mean, the, the idea is that men are lurkers and they will lurk very strategically <laughs> for a I mean, very, very long time. if you just met this time. woman last week and you've been hanging out with her every single day since, I'd That's be different. A, a bit suspicious. But even five years, it's like, I bet you right now to the person you thought you would never, ever want to sleep with you, if you turned around him today and said, where are you? I, I want some. He'll, he'll probably say yes. He'll just turn up to wherever you are. Yeah, I'm just going to message a few of them now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're like they're just like, in, I'm in an Uber. Where exactly are you? Like, you only gave me the postcard. I didn't get a number. So it's like, yeah. I generally tend to find, um, I don't know, you could, well, you're married, aren't you? As well? I am, but I'm still in the game. Yeah. I still understand. You... <laughs> I'm on so the market, joking. Not on the... I'm joking. I love you. Don't leave and take my stuff. Yeah, he does. Actually, uh, your wife, your lovely wife, Nina. Yes. Uh, he d- he loves you very much. I we do. spoke about you before, Thank before you very the show started. She sounds like so a nice lady. Yeah. Um, but I generally tend to find that guys who I've been into in the past, mm. generally at the beginning, I think it takes guys a little bit longer to catch up with the girl because the girl generally tends to want to not I don't want commitment straight away but I, mm. I like to know that I'm not kind of wasting my time yeah um and then I, I, this one guy in particular I won't name him because mm. I know David. he listens she told me you earlier. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah David <laughs> so we were seeing each other for a few months and but then you know his effort was just so lacking all the time I felt yeah. like it was always me sort of making the effort and not chasing I don't chase anybody mm. just Tell so him. everybody knows. <laughs> well, I don't. Why am I going to chase you? But I was always sort of, if he asked me out, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, sure. I was always available. Mm. Even if it was like once every two weeks that I would mm. get asked out on a date and stuff. In the end, I just really, I get over people quite quickly. Yeah. It's one of my... You move uh, on quickly. It's healthy. One of my key skills. <laughs> one of my many gifts that I thank my father for to get over shit really quick. Oh, I love it. I That's love good. that, it's, yeah. No, it's good. It's good. But then uh, months later, he's now chasing, chasing me. Every day, he's like messaging me and asking me, oh, what are you doing? Can I take you out for dinner next week? Can I do this? Can I, no. can I see you tonight? You know. There's too much psychological games. Uh, all my and I'm like, where was friends. this three fucking months ago, mate? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when i was in it now yeah, i'm yeah. but dude you're i, I don't no. oh, i'm all right I, now i think if you if you segment the men in your life in between people that i'm happy to have sex with and i'm currently having sex with versus the ones i'm trying out mm. just keep one of those like guys you're having sex with active and then just make these guys work make these second group just work themselves wait let me just get a into an abyss do not do you not, need to give me a framework of it yeah, I, I literally i mapped it out because i was like when too, too many men don't have intent and so they just hover in like a loitery kind of weird way rather than mm. just say this is specifically what i am thinking and just be honest it's fine we can all live with truths. We can't live with ambiguity and have to figure out whether you're mm. actually here or not. So yeah. keep, good, keep, good, keep good one active. Good dating advice there. Yeah, keep one <laughs> active. And I love it. Make the others work. Every every guest has got some some really succinct, sound and and take take awayable dating advice. Yes, I love it. I love it, Marvin. <laughs> yeah. I think um, I think it's fantastic. But the way you come up with these shows, the way you come up with like mm. the the ideas for it, um, revolving around sort of the parenting aspect, mm. how do you how do you know which ones to tackle? Is it just from from what's trending in your WhatsApp groups or from your conversations? Yeah, it's kind of um, challenges that come from WhatsApp group or things that just really affect me. And then I'll drive and I'll build a, a story around it. So things that I have questions that I want to unpack, but ma- mainly from the group, to be honest, because hmm. we've got every single type of dad you can think of, whether it's stepfathers, whether it's like grandparents, we have LGBT fathers, we have people with multiple partners and like, you know, it's, it's a, a real... Multiple partners? Multiple, yeah. 
There's a bit of polyamory in there. That's there's crazy. pansexual. There's like, it's, you know, mm. and the other thing is, is it's quite nice because that's all a part of it. There's left wing, right wing, all yeah. of those things. How much so. time can one person have to have multiple partners? That's oh, man. Jeez. I mean, you haven't I, lived. I can, barely get, I can barely get to the gym after work. I mean, I don't, I don't have time for multiple partners. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a thrill, uh, though, isn't it? I guess if you're. Is it? If you, yeah, I guess. I so. think that's a headache, too, because don't each one of those partners kind of demand so much time and probably you have to pick wisely yeah you need a a choosing framework otherwise you will fall down (laughs) just picking two really beautiful people out of the sky will probably not work very well (laughs) i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Marvin, what do you think is the um, the biggest obstacle um, around um, you know the the kind of parenting dimension when it comes to men? What would you say that is from the conversations you've had and from your experiences? Yeah. I, I think men have been raised um, on anger yeah. um, rather than a complex emotion. So we talk about masculinity. And masculinity has been sort of used as sort of a weapon to like knock men in the head with, whereas mm. masculinity just describes the emotion of men. Um, mm. And then that part is really rich and beautiful. Um, and what we kind of in now is where we're just saying that all masculinity is toxic and it's not actually. And as long as you're accessing the full wheel of masculinity, it's an amazing mm. experience. And so my thing is unlocking sort of those egotistical barriers that we've presented to 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 make us allow ourselves to survive yeah. in this environment. So if you're taught from young that you have to find women as a you know as a commodity and you have to be a CEO and, and yeah. if you don't make money you're nothing and like all these really bad ideas around success. Mm. Um, when we actually find the tools to go and do it at all costs, you then turn around and change the game and say that actually this is this is toxic and it's hurting women. Those people who have spent their lives dedicated to that system are not going to let go easily. They're fighting for their existence. It's not as easy as being like, oh, that you don't like that. Okay, cool. Let me just reprogram my whole life. Like, if, you, if you've ever watched the James Bond film from the 1970s, oh yeah. my gosh, it's horrific. I was raised on that. Yeah. I was raised on him, like, slapping women and kissing them and then throwing them on the bed and them succumbing. That was normal TV on a, yeah. for the whole family. Yeah. That's what men are raised on. And then we asked them to, like, hug our kids. Misogyny really? was was no, the norm back then, wasn't it? It's violence. It's like yeah, that's, that's what. Deep. But that's it. That's this whole toxic masculinity mm. era of now people are defining it. You know, recognizing that it's this overly aggressive, misogynistic, you know, 
obsessed with their male status yeah. behavior and actually i personally sorry if to, i'm no. very sorry i didn't mean to do that but um i really think women have got it right and so i look to women for how the balance of life should be mm. because they've got the human element of i connect to human beings and my children and i go to work neither of those two things define me i've mm. just got this balance of two things and i want to be more connected to my kids and yes i want to go to work but i don't want to become like a megalomaniac if i'm not ceo yeah. by 35 i failed and i think that's a terrible pressure that men horrific have been raised to put on themselves yeah. um i get that you know my my dad is a is a typical alpha male he's always provided for the mm. family he's never taken my mum's work he's taken care of us and he's treated me and my sister like his little princesses and mm. it's very we've grown up with a dad who's very much tradition and culture mm. you know but um i think that women it, I mean, look, I'm not going to lie. I love it when there's this whole term for, oh, I want a guy who's manly. Like, what does that even mean now? Mm. You know, what does that mean? I, I don't mean I want you to, like, pick me up and throw me across the room. You know, open the door for me and slap my ass as I go through. Yeah, that's great. Mm. I love that. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> the I mean, come on. Of, yeah. I love it when my boyfriend opens the door, gives my ass a little slap. That's yeah. cool. Which is fine because it's consensual because it's your boyfriend and he's all right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah. I think women now, they <laughs> the just want there. men to... <laughs> I mean, yeah, exactly. yeah, it's, it's not just a guy that's on the, on the train with you. Oh my god, he's gonna just like open doors and keep slapping my ass now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's fine. You, you set a precedent. That. That's it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's I think women just want um, men to just listen, mm. and that's it, and just you know. Yeah, it's tough because we've been told to do, not to feel, and so that's a hard thing to internalize what you're asking. So yeah. mm. it's coming though. We're doing the work. Communication, listening, yeah. being a, a lot bit more considerate. There's a lot of men's groups who are working on deconstructing men and their bad habits. And so, you know, it's not it's not in vain. I know I appreciate that there's some really scary characters leading our world at the moment. But mm -hmm. on, a, on a whole, your day-to-day -day man on the street, um, yeah. especially ones that are in London, they are open-minded more than ever. Mm. And then the rest of the country will come. <laughs> Being in the father sphere, if you like, is how much of a worry is that new territory, that social media territory, that that sharing of like, you know, horrible things like revenge porn and all that kind of mm. stuff out there that worries you as dads? I think, I think I'm okay with it because I'm I'm operating on a very simplistic framework, but also um, I am very relaxed in terms of my son is telling me who he is already. He's, yeah, he's three and a half, four years old soon, and. He tells me who he is and if I listen to him, I'm able to guide him. Yeah. If I believe that I know what's best and if I crush his spirit and his idea of his self and worth, worth then I, I will have to deal with him in those ways. He will, he will end up falling foul of some of the things that people are talking about. But he can find love and acceptance in us and in himself. And I think that's something that I think doesn't happen enough. We don't build children to be people. We build them to be obedient. And I find that very, very negative. Uh, mm. I don't believe in beating or discipline and... Um, I, I allow him to express he wears what he wants um, the only structure that I really have is that he takes care of himself doesn't harm himself doesn't harm others and he tries his hardest those are the three things that I try to teach him um, and yeah everything else I'm just there to guide because mm. he's yeah. already a human being me sitting there saying I know what's best when he's dealing with something that I've never dealt with before is really arrogant of me it's like mm. I know what's good like, no I don't <laughs> it's like <laughs> the internet's a whole new thing by the time he comes it's probably going to be like AR lenses and he'll be having mm. eye, eye um, things implanted to his uh, eyes to look at things and buy things <laughs> 
and I'm sitting there like, oh yeah, with my day, we had the TV with a back on it. Like, it's just, you know, no point. <laughs> yeah, I <no. laughs> Flat Flat screens, yeah, revolutionized my um, my sort of childhood, really. My God. Was, now that, that, your, was that the benchmark for you? That was the screens. benchmark, man. Yeah. Well, if, was... if you see kids drawing TVs now, it just looks like a box. Yeah. Before, there was like an antenna and like yeah. a thing at the top. Now, it's just a Oh my it's God, just do you remember rectangle. those antennas and you had to keep moving it yeah. so that you could get signal? That yeah. was oh, a yeah. pain in the That doesn't exist anymore. You just like, yeah. it just plays. My son gets really upset at adverts. He's like, why have you taken me to grandma's house where there's adverts <laughs> what's happening to me like, you should just play because i say play he doesn't get it he, on demand just, tv is their hilarious. mantra isn't it yeah youtube amazon netflix and what have you it's just bang watch no ads just <laughs> get rid get rid of any like analog kind of adverts or any of that not i guess it's amazing isn't it how things just change like that yeah God, so you're like not that you have a manual for parenting, but like your way of like bringing your children up seems very uh, thorough, mm. very well reasoned. Um, you know, I would want to know like kind of how how do people get their inspiration to bring their children up? What what is the best way to do it? There's so much out there. Yeah, there's so much kind of like you know that's that's putting out the best way to bring up your kids, etc. What what do you think is like? the best way to do that or find out those sources? I, I think the first thing you need to identify is that the, the children are not yours. Right. <laughs> the human beings that you have birthed are not yours. They, you don't own them. And I think that's one of the first things because as soon as you realise you That's a mistake I'm going to fall for, that is. Yeah, I am going to yeah. be like, you are mine. You don't do anything unless I say so. Yeah, that's yeah. My, my problem. And take away all expectation from your children. Right. This whole thing of like, I, I, I expect you to become something. That level of pressure from the person you love the most is insurmountable. Um, and then I think if you're already parenting and you've already gone down some of those roads and made some mistakes, I think the best thing you can do is release your child from the expectation. So actually just say to them, like, I have no more advice for you. You are the adult that I think you are uh, we're always going to become and go be that person. And, they're, and you're, there, you're there as a sounding board. They can talk at you for two hours, but you don't have to give them advice every single time. I think that's a bit of a drug. People like saying sure. what mm. I think. It's like, just don't. Just let them come at you and they'll be like, yeah. they already know innately what they should be doing. Yeah. It's already within them. Well. Absolutely. Let them, let them be kids, let them live, let them climb trees, fall Absolutely. over. The, the voice in your head is your parent. Every yeah. time you sit there and think, should I do that? Your parent kicks in and you, you mm. can hear your parents say, yes, no, that's a good idea, bad idea. It's already programmed. So right. just stop it. Like, just leave them alone and they'll they'll figure it out. Yeah. Jeez, yeah, powerful stuff, man. From from you know the the the, the stories you've heard from within the group and from mm. you know all the 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 conversations that you've had for building the collective and building the network. Mm. Uh, I know you have Project Heal as well, which does events, yeah. which is also a safe space uh, related um, aspect towards dope black dads. Yeah. Um, what are the most powerful things that stand out for you from any any all the stories and all the kind of um, issues you've heard from people that you work with? I think uh, growing up in a Pan-African household um, in that time, we there was a lot of trauma. And there's a lot of things that happened to our parents that created generational trauma. And that's the biggest thing that we're fighting. So right. when we say slavery is over, absolutely it's over. And thank you for everyone that contributed to it and fought for the freedoms of myself in this generation. But I think ultimately what the lessons that were taught were handed down. There was no reprogramming after slavery. It was just like, slavery ends, all right, cool. And, but still, we don't really, don't come everywhere where we are. But just like those legacies of value of yourself, uh, discipline is a massive one. So people still in some Pan-African countries discipline their children, how slave masters disciplined their, like, their, 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 themselves. And so there's loads of things around um, 
uh, inbreeding slaves and like the where they, where they were motherfucker comes from like that's all literal trauma that has happened that was enacted from that period that has carried on mm. homophobia is a big deal christianity is a huge deal so all these things linger on and i think that's probably the one thing that i've learned so the project hill space was you are not alone yeah whatever your thing is whether it's been something out in, in in that space of generational trauma or if it's something that's happened to you outside of that whether it's abuse or just whether it's about self-worth you can come here and you will find versions of yourself and we can have this discussion openly we can give you a framework about how you approach these things so what i realized doing that is that more people are struggling with certain things than i realized and it became quite a beautiful equalizer because no matter who you are everybody has a piece of hurt like a wound that they carry around and it might be something like i'm a middle child and nobody like you know it could be something grand but they all equally mean the same thing to an individual i can't sit there and be like oh your thing's only because you you know didn't like something at school it's all equal because to that person it means the world and i can't sit there and debate you that there's a hierarchy of trauma you just don't feel good about something so that gave me a better perspective as a human being and so now i'm more open and loving. I watched the uh, BBC Three documentary about white men in uh, Manchester. Okay. And I was like, I almost cried. I was like, you guys have no hope. That sounds really depressing. What? I, I feel I like I have that. a hope. It was basically a documentary about white men in Manchester who had, um, they basically was like this mother who was a single mother. She had th- four kids. One had autism. One broke both of his legs. One was living out of town working and trying to send money home and the other one was looking after everybody and all of their kids in a house in a council estate. And they had no vision of the future at all. I sit in London and I'm saying, yeah, black being black is hard. And then I I listen to that, but like I still have faith. I believe that I can work my way out of any scenario. Mm -hmm. I have skills, I have an income that I'm doing pretty well. Yeah. Compared to them, they have no vision of that success, and so yeah, London really is a completely different place. Absolutely, and I I was quite ignorant. I didn't actually think it was that bad. I thought it was like yeah, but you're in Manchester, you can figure it out. No, this like that whole estate is Mm. there's kids that are nine years old who have stopped going to school and are just throwing rocks at people and things that's mm. what they do in their day like i'm not we're not there i'm yeah. not there so i have to respect other people's things a bit more yeah which this has done so it's, it's a great space i was gonna ask actually mm. um how you were raised in mm. terms of because you know i'm gonna just give your parents now a big shout out and say oh. that i think they've raised you very well to so, for yeah. you to be so thank you to be so aware and to be and to be wanting to actually make a difference and mm. to actually inspire mm. you know i think that also young dads mm. as well are the ones who probably need a lot of support because you know yes being a young dad Definitely. is i think really scary as you yeah, said yeah. like for your first 18 months it didn't really uh, you know it didn't mm. really sink in that you were a dad yet so yeah. imagine if you know you're super young like you know i've got friends who had their kids when they were 21 and yeah. then it was a fucking shit scary time for them yeah, yeah, yeah. you know yeah. i was very lucky because uh, i wasn't my dad wasn't around but my mum didn't let me know i had no idea dads were important until i was about 28 years old it didn't it didn't kick in like the importance yeah and there's this whole term now of oh daddy issues yeah. that gets used yeah. around and that's females as well it's not yeah. just for guys it's yeah. girls oh yeah but you know she's got daddy issues her dad wasn't around or her dad was always you know mm. having affairs or whatever it is yeah, and yeah. that as well is a term that makes people think yeah but i'm the way i am because i've got daddy issues like yeah, they yeah, use yeah. it as a way to define yeah. why they are acting it, it, the way it, they it's are it's an important part in terms of discovering how you move away from that behavior 
but yes. it's not it's not the be or an end or it's not the full stop so you can just stop changing yeah. um but it, it was being raised by a single mother from caribbean descent is the probably the best thing ever it you get you get the whole full wheel of emotion yeah um my mom used to come to go to bat for me in such an yeah. incredible way so i was very very fortunate and i didn't really know it was a thing until i was getting married and i had to consciously consider what type of man I was going to be as a father. Mm -hmm. And then I panicked and I was like, oh, I haven't really done this before. And there's no muscle in the memory in the back of my head telling me how to do this. So I have to consciously think about yeah. what to do at every single stage, which is the only thing I wish I would could have changed at the time. But now I'm probably more at peace with it than ever. But being raised by such a strong single mother as well just yeah, instills yeah. that respect that you so clearly have for women as well. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And my wife is a abs she's, she's also on fire as well. And so she, she set up dog black mums and she's she's been carrying that movement for the last year or so yeah but again just another really strong person but also just has a really good wheel of emotion so it's not all strength and nothing it's like how watch how she parents and i'm like man I, this <laughs> that, that's my aspiration you're learning from each other i think Absolutely. that's the best thing about co-parenting you have one who's sometimes more the my dad was always the disciplinarian mm. yeah yeah my mum's always been like the oh but you know the lovey softy yeah, 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 yeah. you know yeah. so you need a and bit of both don't my you? wife is the warmth but she also just has a really good perspective of balance yeah and so yeah. she's very centered i'm more up and down with my thinking she's very <laughs> Very, very centered and so yeah she's she's my parenting goals hopefully i can achieve them one day oh man i think you're on the way so where can people find your uh, dope black dads um platform and the project heal platform then yes on? everything is dope black dads one word so the website is dopeblackdads.com and then on every single platform we are dope black dads we're also on linkedin as well which is amazing we're collecting fathers on linkedin and the handles the social media handles uh, dope black dads all one word um yeah. please give us a shout if you've listened to this um and then come and talk to me and i will 100% respond oh. i'm already tracking everything that you guys have been doing amazing. i think amazing. what you're doing is amazing and um yeah thank uh, you guys we're gonna get you on our podcast though because we need oh. to return oh, well, the favor we'd love to. i'd love that man yeah, yeah, yeah. that would be fun be an honor yeah, yeah, lunch yeah. first and um <laughs> podcast lunch, lunch well. drinks after <laughs> i've got a cookie i didn't get i didn't get <laughs> no. much else more than a cookie so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry gavin's usually good at the snacks <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, I'm usually i'm always up again i've been running late a lot late recently wearing his shorts again in the rain yeah i'm buzzing about arsenal this season man i was just Seriously. about to say predictions for the season arsenal come third Oh yeah, third also. You're, you're yes. that, that hopeful. Huh? I actually think I actually think Man City is going to implode. <laughs> Do you think? Yeah, I hope so. That'd be it's funny. Be really it? weird. Like they're going to implode. It's going to be like, what's happening? Because they've lost Sane. Yeah, and I think there's going to be one more thing that happens, and they've lost company, so their defense yep. is a bit shaky. Yep. I think they're going to implode. What do you predict for the Blues? Um, Chelsea. I think we'll probably finish sixth or seventh. Wow. <laughs> yeah. and Leicester and Wolves wow. Leicester and Wolves man. are very very strong and yeah. you guys have a very young team and a very very young manager a young very talented team and an energetic yeah. amazing half manager half of them were at I love you year. Frankie Lampard half of your structure was at, at Derby last year I think I think that you're going to play championship football it'll be good it'll be fine Listen, Enjoy I, think that I don't mind he knows the players really well he knows how to manage them and his heart and soul is always blue so I think I he's in the, the best place you're an optimist <laughs> well, you know, I'm not all doom and gloom. I need to I? keep you in my life. Whenever I'm feeling sad, I'm going to text you. Like, talk about Chelsea. Go on, go on. Make <laughs> me happy. Go on. Whilst you're crying, Lou, we lost another game. Yeah, yeah. Right. To oh. some shit team. It's a perfect note to end the podcast on. It Thank is. you so much for listening, everybody. You can find us at Manzilla online on all the social media <laughs> handles. <laughs> and, uh, and at Gavin R. Gavin R. Official. And at Marvin Harrison as well. Yeah, and you're at Luling Chan. I and... am, but don't, don't come on my page because it's boring. It's and not, And don't actually. DM me because I won't reply. You will reply. You always <laughs> reply. Unless you so send cool me a, a question that 
gets my attention. That's the rest a is in the request box. Don't you get loads of that though? Who me? Yeah, I do, but I try to respond to them all because I'm a nice person. <laughs> I get weird accounts like just messaging me too. As yeah. well. Wow. Don't, stay away from that. Bot just accounts. Yeah. Save yourself. It's just weird yeah. shit. And thank you for the dating advice. Um, I have more. Oh, just let me know, and I'm. I'll let I'm you know. Here. I'm doing okay at the moment. I'm uh, stable, and it's it's all good. Good. But, um, just have something will... in the wings. Shit will probably hit the fan in probably about two months. Yeah. So I'll hit you up. Just then. keep hinge active. My <laughs> keep <it warm. laughs> oh, I stay away from that. I've never, I've never been on that. Really? Yeah. I you can't. should try it. Oh, I can't. Just stockpile. No, it's like Brexit, but it for love. me. I don't have time to be on an app and talk to people about. No. How do people get you there? They have, oh, they have, have to, to come meet to... me face to face organically. Oh, you meet people so, through friends. That's so two thousand. <laughs> Lovely stuff. Yeah, thank you so much, guys. Seriously, thank you very much, dude. Marvin, pleasure to have you on. Jack, you. get better soon as well. Love when you're Jack. Jack, you're listening at home. I know you are. Jack, um, you're very beautiful, and hopefully, yeah. <laughs> if I was here, I would have definitely flirted with Jack. You would have. He would have been sat right next to you, Marvin, as well. Yeah, man. Yep, hit us up on the socials, subscribe and leave us a great review. This has been the Manzilla Podcast. Thanks so much for watching. Have a great day. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.